Welcome to Creator's Journey Episode 7. I'm Ed Nye and every week I have a different creative to offer you their insights and experiences and also a nice natter about anything and everything. If you like this kind of podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Let me know what you think. So this week we have Yasmin Willis, one third of Cheddar Creative. She's an illustrator and a web designer and Cheddar Creative does a lot of interesting things with creative consultancy, solving problems with design sprints, very fascinating stuff. So check them out. And Yasmin is one of the quieter members of Cheddar Creative, but she's also one of the most down-to-earth and coolest people I've met. So without further ado, let's go. online games and things like that is not something that I've really done before but it's probably something that I'll potentially carry on doing with people like people I've got friend a friend up in Newcastle for example and I like, don't obviously get to see her that much but yeah been speaking to her and like playing games online and stuff with her that I wouldn't normally what have you been playing? so uh, we've been playing um Catan oh nice Catan, yeah which has been good I haven't won yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's are you quite a competitive person um i can be i'm not i don't feel like i'm as competitive in Catan because i well maybe because i'm a bit new to it um yeah not not too worried i'm kind of expecting you haven't tasted victory yet yeah exactly once i taste victory (laughs) i'll be a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) once you have that first win you're like okay i'm gonna beat you all now yeah exactly (laughs) every time uh, I have friends who get way too, too competitive when it comes to like board games and anything yeah. like that. Things like um, art, uh, things like articulate, you know, like party game, word games type of things. I get really competitive about those. <laughs> <laughs> I, Monopoly is the one for me. Oh no, I can't. I can't do Monopoly. I um, <laughs> too much for me. Re- has yeah relationships have been broken from yeah that game. <laughs> exactly you know break up families and friends yeah one thing i've found over this freeway chess okay so have, have you do you play chess um i've played chess before but not in not for quite a few years yeah well freeway chess is really i don't know how to describe it it's fun but then it's also you can screw someone else over. Mm. And I guess you because, can kind of like help someone in a way if you want yeah, to. Yeah, you're like trying to protect them, but not protect them too much. Yeah. <laughs> because they're, they're, ultimately there is only one winner. Yeah. And if you beat one person, then you win the whole game. You don't mm. have to. Kind of reminds me a bit of Catan. That's why I like the weird yeah. balance, why I think I've not been winning because I've kind of forgotten that I'm not supposed to help people out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
rediscovering board games is one of the best things about this. Mm, yeah, definitely. And also, um, have you have you heard of Jackbox Games? Yes, the uh, you don't know Jack or yeah, yeah, that from from those guys. We played a few games from that with my family on the weekend, and actually, they're all like quite good little mini games that feel like anyone can pick up. Yeah. So that's quite good as well because I didn't. I I think after mm. lockdown and when we're allowed to see people again, that would. I think would be such a good party game that I just never would have known about <laughs> if it wasn't for this. How, how good are you on those? Are you actually are you good with like quiz games? I'm terrible at quizzes. I'm kind of like notoriously terrible at quizzes. <laughs> I will I will drag a team down if I'm on it. <laughs> but I think it's just I just I know things and then I just forget them immediately as soon as it's quiz or exam <laughs> conditions. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm terrible with exam conditions. It's just like I know I know these answers, but I choke. And also, I when I'm working in a team, I give this like fake sense of confidence <laughs> so people believe what i say even though i don't believe what oh, i say oh, I, I kind of wish i i wish i had that skill i've definitely got friends who are really good at just really confidently saying things and having no idea whereas i'm kind of like oh like I'll, I'll i'll know something and i will doubt myself even though i know that i'm correct about it i'll be like oh well maybe maybe i'm not right about that actually i sort of like go the other way but no i think that's maybe why i um chose to do I guess more like a creative route coursework type mm. stuff at uni and college because I didn't have to do any exams <laughs> yeah I think that's kind of the reason why I, well I, I did computer science and there was exams but most of it was coursework and yeah uh, making stuff so that yeah. was, so does that help that you're in a team where other people make the big decisions and then you, you just add the ideas um, does that suit you more or do you prefer just like working alone and presenting your work to your team I kind of like a mix I think I do find because we're we've been doing a lot of stuff recently well where we're kind of like doing workshops for people and like that involves a lot of brainstorming and I think what we're finding is that people need time to like individually think about things and then think about it as a group sometimes and I think that's re very true for me that I have to like I kind of have to do some certain things solo to be able to actually think about it because I think as soon as I'm with a group of people I'll, I'm not necessarily the like person who will come up with this amazing new idea but I'm very good at sort of working out really good ways of improving things or like mm. ways of actually kind of putting something in place or it's knowing like what your own strengths are and yeah exactly how to probably utilize them in a team mm. yeah so I kind of see myself as I suppose more of a facilitator and like more of a kind of encourager of ideas than kind of the the ideas person it's a, a very underrated role mm. <laughs> no it's really like it's normally the people who with the best ideas who get the spotlight but yeah people forget that there are other team members in the team who try to bring that out of someone yeah i think you're probably right i think i'm well maybe i don't know maybe most people are like this i'm sort of very guilty of looking at other people who are really good at 
like coming up with ideas and I just think, oh, how did they do that? They're so much better than me. I could never have come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, uh, a a creative trait of most people because... Yes, the old imposter syndrome and things like that. Yeah, downplaying their own abilities. Yeah, definitely. Guilty of that. But then you, you're confident that you're a good facilitator. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, like, I like to... I'm definitely like a problem solver, I think, and I think that's where I'd maybe bring the value because I, I just mm. like figuring out how to do things I can usually find a way of figuring out how to do something or like who to ask if I don't know yeah well that's that's the best thing about creatives we, we're not experts at everything no no definitely and not we don't try to pretend that we are experts at everything no and I think that's something that you or may I definitely learn the more I worked I suppose in creative roles but also just generally being in the world and like creating stuff there's it's very easy to sort of think I don't know you should just be able to do things and you should just be good at things and I always feel like or used to feel like I needed to be good at everything I needed to like give the appearance that I'm good at everything and that I know all of the skills and I think a lot of people for example like I'm not in any way a photographer but people always assume because I am creative and I, um, you know, work in design and draw things and things like that. Like people assume that I will also be really good at photography. <laughs> and for a while I would just be like, yeah, yeah, I reckon I could, I reckon I could do that. <laughs> um, just sort of pretend um, for some unknown reason that, yeah, I reckon I could do photography, but it's just not something I've done or am good at at the moment. So, uh, Is it something you're interested in? Not particularly, to be honest. It's not. No. Um, I do. I can appreciate someone who is a good photographer, but it's not something I've ever. Mm. I think there's just so many other creative areas that I am interested in that I either am already doing or would be more interested to learn before I do photography. I suppose. No, that's that's fair. The reason why I ask is I feel like a lot of creatives throw themselves into things just to see if they're interested in it yeah I mean I probably have not necessarily tried to get into photography but I've definitely sort of dabbled in lots of things that I've ended up just being like ah no I I have like a not like a particularly fancy one but I have a digital SLR that I never use (laughs) Um, so clearly at one point I thought I was going to be doing photography See, I I had a period of like just messing around on Photoshop for a while, and then yeah. I realised I really didn't like Photoshop. Mm, I think the thing is with Photoshop, it's so vast that I can't imagine there's many people in the world in any profession or with any kind of skill set that use even twenty percent of the features on yeah. Photoshop at any one time. Because I, I just think it's such a beast that it's a bit overwhelming and I think maybe that's why sometimes people don't like it. Like I'm a digital artist and I started started off with Photoshop and then when I looked at some digital art magazines and other programs were being mentioned, I tried those and they are so much better yeah. for me anyway. Uh, yeah. like I know there's a lot of professionals who use Photoshop for digital art, but mm. for me personally, I feel like there are simpler and more practical programs out there, and it's worth knowing your alternatives. Yeah, well, I I must admit I'm only really sort of, I suppose, dabbling a bit more in illustration and things mm. like that recently, um, or kind of bringing, like, I, was, I used to draw a bit when I was younger but I've never 
kind of like really stuck at it for a prolonged period of time but um, mm. it's something I enjoy so I'm like trying to get a bit more into that and I um well I use my iPad with an Apple Pencil uh, and Procreate and for me like I was before that I was trying to do everything as like vector illustrations in mm. Illustrator and it was just taking me such a long time to do anything that it just wasn't fun. Yeah. And also, when you're doing digital stuff, you're too consumed about doing things in vectors. Mm. that It kind of loses that human feel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think having a pencil and like there's, there's sometimes, well, there's quite a good feature on Procreate where you can like create I think if you hold if you draw a shape and then you just hold your pencil in place it creates like mm. a straight line or a square or whatever but I kind of like quite often avoid doing that because I quite like this sort of hand drawn and kind of like wavy lines or kind of a bit more organic looking cause I just think it yeah not too perfect yeah definitely I think that yeah. for me I mean I also look at other people's art uh, that is more kind of either vector looking or is mm. actually vector artwork and I think oh that looks really amazing how have they kind of got it looking so perfect and I do think it looks good but yeah for me I don't think it's necessarily my style it's like years to like learn how to do it perfectly and then mm. realize it's not as perfect as you think it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> but how are you getting on with all the illustrating stuff are you still yeah I was I so I started off doing just trying to challenge myself to do a weekly illustration and I I started putting them on on Instagram just so that I felt like I had a bit of accountability that was sort of forcing mm. me to do it because like pro- people probably weren't looking and thinking oh she hasn't done one this week but like for me I sort of felt like I had the pressure of oh people will notice if I don't do it so that kind of like added a little bit of extra not pressure because that sounds like it's a bad thing but like that just yeah made me feel a bit more accountable to actually do it every week now I kind of feel like I'm is that then made me realize that I actually have time to do it in my day-to-day life like I kind of always felt like I just I've just really struggled to find the time for it because I'm busy with this I'm busy with that but actually it's if you make time for things the time exists usually and I think I started off doing those weekly ones trying to kind of just experiment with a few different styles and just like sort of I see so many different illustrators and I just think oh that's that looks so amazing I'd love to do something like that and I I thought well maybe I'll try kind of recreating other people's styles and just see what sort of fits with me and then I quite quickly found myself going towards I guess a kind of style that I'm still trying Mm. to sort of define like I don't want to just necessarily stick to doing the same thing all the time but yeah. it, I, I feel like style develops when the more you do it and then yeah. the more you take in like different styles mm. that becomes your own yeah yeah I guess you kind of need to experiment with different things to work out mm. what works and what feels well what I, I think for me it's just what's an enjoyable mm. kind of style and way of drawing things that I will actually want to do rather than I can't remember what it was I remember there was one of the illustrations I did in one of the first weeks I did it that I just just became such a I just got so bored of doing it but I was like well I've got to finish it now because I need to have something yes. this week. you know what I've I've had the same where yeah. I've started something and realized that I 
don't really like the style that I'm doing it in mm. and I have that urge to just like start again yeah and do you do quite a lot because obviously well went to your um comic book workshop class which is very yeah. do you do a lot of your work on paper first or like do you have do you kind of do things on paper and then you do things digitally and they're kind of separate no I, I kind of mix it up sometimes yeah so I've done somewhere I just do like it on paper and colour it on paper. Mm. But when I'm feeling not so confident with my colouring, mm. I do it on paper and then I take a photo of it and then I colour it in, mm. in digital. Or if I don't have any paper or anything like that, I just start on the computer. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm quite flexible in that way. Yeah. But I did a, like a really short comic a couple of weeks ago and yeah i i made the thumbnails on paper and these little it was kind of like a storyboard and i was just putting in like the pictures that i want and not necessarily thinking what order to put them in mm. i just thought okay these two pictures belong together and then what other things can i add to it and i needed 10 panels mm. i draw them in any order and then try and fit them together and if it doesn't fit together, I draw an extra panel just to see like which one I can take out to make it look right. Yeah. And then once I do that, then I start drawing it on digital. Okay. There's a lot more flexibility about it. Yeah. I feel like I should be doing a bit more stuff on actual paper because I get, I feel like I get a bit lazy when I don't do it. I don't know what, I don't really know why I feel like that, but I sort of feel like it's almost easier on the ipad in a way or like i maybe i'm not going to come up with it's too easy to rely on the undo button yeah exactly there's no yeah there's no undo button on a piece of paper and you can't you kind of have to have a bit more you almost have to have a bit more confidence and like you're pushed to be more of a creative problem solver when you're doing it on paper Mm. if you if you feel like you can't draw a feet then you'll put something in front of the feet to like cover it (laughs) whereas when you're doing it on digital and you can't draw feet you just undo it and redo it and sometimes it takes up that's a longer process yeah that's true because you're trying to perfect everything yeah because it's easier to perfect everything than to yeah yeah i i would recommend just to like start on paper mm. and then either scan it in or just take a photo and then putting it onto digital and then coloring it that way yeah i, I was planning on basically alternating i'm kind of well i've kind of fallen out a little bit of the weekly thing because i when lockdown started i started doing a daily uh, isolated art challenge thing which I didn't manage to do every single day because I had other stuff that I needed to do but that kind of made me fall out of the weekly thing but what I was trying to do before which I might hopefully get back to soon was doing one hand drawn and then the next week I'd do a digital and I'd kind of like try and alternate it so it sort of forced me to have that because I just (laughs) I'm just such a person who needs to like have a structure with what I'm doing like I kind of if I just say oh at some point I'll do some drawings I just never do it so I have to sort of like say to myself right you're going to do one week <laughs> and then I get into the habit of it um so yeah I think maybe I'll just try and do more hand-drawn stuff and do you, do you feel like you're a very organized person then oh uh, yeah I people sometimes disagree with me but I feel like I am very organized I like maybe almost to a point of like being a bit 
too organized and using organization to procrastinate a little bit so i like spend a lot of time moving things around in my calendar and writing lists and things like that um, <laughs> which i really enjoy doing and makes me feel like i'm in control of my day but yeah, yeah. maybe um maybe i do use it to procrastinate a little bit let's talk about team cheddar yes cheddar creative are you the most organized out of the three Ooh, um, <laughs> <laughs> put you on. I think um, they, the other guys, Richard and Cassie, they probably get fed up of me being like, I love structure. But I think, I think we probably all have our different areas where we're quite organized or quite kind of proactive in. But I think I probably am the one who craves the structure a little bit more and they're a little bit more and the control yeah exactly i think they're um they're better at kind of just going with the flow than i am yeah so how did cheddar creative start well cassie originally started the company and she was doing digital marketing and mostly social media and it was kind of more of a freelance thing at the time and i think her and rich started talking and they kind of had some ideas um cassie's quite a creative person and she does a lot of um, illustration and stuff as well. And she's always been interested in that. Rich has kind of, he's got background in film and um, like brand management. And we all worked together at a previous agency. So those guys were talking and they kind of thought, oh yeah, you know, we could, we could turn this into something really cool and start up a creative agency. And then I got involved more from the design point of view because my background is... I guess mostly web design, but I like branding and mm. UX and things like that as well is what I've previously worked on. So I kind of came in, I guess, more as the design lead. Yeah, that's that's sort of how it was born. And it's evolved quite a lot since I first met you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we've we've kind of the good the good thing about us is I think we've got between the three of us we've got quite a lot of um different skills um so there's quite a lot of things that we can do between us um and that we've been doing a lot of work to kind of meet people mostly like in the local community like other creative people and technical people like developers and copywriters videographers and things like that as well but there's quite a lot we can do just between the three of us as well Mm. and then anything we can't do we we know someone who can usually. So I think we found for a little while, we were maybe, I don't know, possibly giving out mixed messages because we were trying to maybe say we do too many things, possibly. But now I think we're a little bit more focused in what we're doing. So we're kind of more promoting the web design side of things and user experience consultancy, as well as like creative workshops uh, we do design sprints that's something that we're kind of trying to get a little bit more of at the moment because it's quite interesting to us and it's quite- I think that's a very interesting part of what you do like yeah when I first heard about it, it was- yeah it's quite different to I think a lot what a lot of agencies locally are doing we think so I think that's why we've kind of jumped on it because it is it is quite an interesting process to take people through and it's something that we enjoy doing. I think the only difficult part about it is, is that um, strictly the design sprint process is meant to be five days long, which is quite hard 
it's, it can be quite a hard sell for people to pay for essentially five days of our time, but also yeah. to for them to take five days out of their own working life, to, like a whole week of time in one block is quite, it seems quite a lot for, because you should really have about seven people in the process. So taking seven people out of some businesses is quite difficult. So we're kind of working on, other variations and um, we do something called game storming which is based on um there's a book called game storming which we've basically taken yeah. ideas from and it's just kind of coming up with new ways of thinking and and just making people kind of be a bit more playful in the way that they brainstorm about ideas basically so i think yeah if you say to someone right we're all going to sit down and we're going to brainstorm. We're going to think of an idea. It's very unlikely that anything really that good is going to come out of that because it's just your mind is just too sort of too focused almost to think of anything. <laughs> and that's kind of what we're trying to help people do. What kind of problems do you like solve then when you're... I mean, normally it is stuff that's related to kind of digital products for us. So it's sort of like solving problems. One interesting thing that we worked on was a referral scheme for a uh, recruitment agency so it was kind of the problem was kind of we need a referral scheme or we need a way of people referring more uh, companies to us that need recruitment or we need more people to refer talent to us so we kind of went through it was kind of a, a mini version of the process at that point. So we ended up coming up out with uh, a platform that we developed for them, which also combines like a charity element of it, which we kind of worked out through the process was quite important to them as a company as well. And it was also quite a good selling point for the referral scheme. So it's just like things like that you wouldn't necessarily get if if someone said, we need a referral scheme, you wouldn't necessarily get that from the brief, but by kind of going through the process and and exploring all avenues it led to something probably quite different to what we would normally do and like a lot of the other there's a lot of referral schemes in the recruitment sector that exist but um this one was a little bit different so yeah mostly things like that but you can use the design sprint process for like pretty much anything we went into a school a couple of schools and did a mini sort of taster of a design sprint which we we did it over an hour but actually we yeah we posed them with the challenge of climate change and i think we had we had some pretty some pretty hilarious ideas that came out of it which isn't for me isn't a problem because i what kind of hilarious ideas uh so we had one group um decided to try and tackle the problem of uh like plastic usage in the school and they came up with this mascot that was going to basically they it was a 12 foot tall mascot that was supposed to walk around the school and tell people to try and like basically dunk rubbish into it um and i I can't remember what they it was like mr cup or something like that and they had to try and shoot plastic into the top of it and they'd done a little diagram of like a man inside this massive cup costume so it was quite it was a bit wild but I, I quite enjoyed it um and then another group were tackling energy consumption in the school and they their their outcome was just to 
destroy the music block and turn it into a composting area. <laughs> they must really hate the music. Yeah, so we were like, why the music block? And they were like, oh, it's just really annoying. <laughs> So yeah, kind of. Um, they did. They did have some kind of like more sensible ideas, but they didn't end up being the ones that they presented. So <laughs> um, it was yeah, it was a fun process, but it was just like yeah. I think it just kind of shows that because there were people um, in some of the groups who I think were quite they were quite shy, and they well, all of them I think when we first went in were quite apprehensive and reluctant to get involved, and by the end of it, it felt like everyone was quite there was a bit of a buzz and I think that's the good thing about it it gets everyone even people who are a bit shy and don't because I, I find it hard sometimes to sort of put you know if I it's easy to sit in a meeting or something like that and think oh I don't really want to say that because it might not be right it might like people might think that's a stupid thing to say but it's kind of like in that quiz mind setting like you know the, the right answer you're just not quite sure exactly and it's if you're that kind of person who maybe is a bit of an overthinker or or you're just a bit shy and you're not really used to sort of, you don't want to talk in front of the group, I think there's a lot of activities that we do in the sprint process, but also just general other sort of things that you can do, like brainstorming techniques and things that are really good for getting people to con- contribute because, you know, there's things like writing things on post-it notes and sticking them all up on the wall. That doesn't rely on people being a very strong personality because you just, you don't have to worry about saying something out loud. So I think, yeah, that stuff like that, I think is important because quiet people have good ideas too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when I'm in like these problem problem solving meetings i think the thing that gets me the most is when people start throwing these ideas around and they all seem to be really good ideas Mm. and there seems to be a really good buzz in the room Mm. i sometimes crave that buzz Mm. is that the same with you yeah i think i think i have a bit of a tendency sometimes until that buzz kind of arrives i i feel a bit almost defeated (laughs) until it's there oh really I'm not going to come up with like that. I'm not going to come up with a good idea because nothing's really sort of flowing here. I, yeah, I don't know. It is a nice feeling when you sort of feel like everyone's kind of really into it and coming up with ideas. Yeah, you. It just kind of, even if it might not be the case, it's sort of you just feel like you're going to be onto something really good when it's when it's that sort of buzz. Yeah. Well, even like when it's that environment of like ideas being chucked around, most of them are really terrible ideas. <laughs> yeah. But once once that starts flowing, yeah, a good idea might just pop out of one of the really bad ones. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like sometimes you just need to follow a bit of a thread and it and Sometimes when someone's, which is why I think um, sometimes doing a bit of solo brainstorming in the same room where no one's no one's talking, but you're all just writing ideas down. Sometimes you'll write something down. Someone else will read it, but they'll interpret it completely differently. And then that will start a whole new yes. train of thinking. And that's, that's quite useful as well. But there is also another skill, I think, in, and again, that like, is sort of a part of the design sprint process where you kind of have all of the ideas and then you have to then have a process of narrowing it down to 
what's actually practical and what is actually a good idea, I suppose. That that's that is almost my, where I sort of feel like I come in more into the process where I'm a bit better at it because I can sort of see I, I can sort of see in my mind how to sort of facilitate ideas or but it, but it's important that so do you do you feel you've gotten good good eye for like picking out right ideas um I don't necessarily I don't know if I'd necessarily say that but I think I think I'm all right at kind of hearing out ideas and sort of thinking mm. trying to sort of like help people build on them to see if they can get them to a good yeah. idea if that makes sense and then once that is an idea I can help them work out how to do it as well okay so you're the practical one <laughs> I think so I would say yeah <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot of fun at these like meetings and yeah sprints I mean we've we're still at the point where we've not done loads of them we've done a few and mm. they all seem to go they've all seemed to go pretty well and people have been quite engaged with them but I can imagine that it could be difficult I can imagine there could be times where you'd come across a group that maybe wouldn't be as easy to work with or maybe wouldn't get as kind of into it or if you you know if you have certain types of personalities in the room who are used to because it is important to have people who are decisive but sometimes I think if you've got people who aren't necessarily ready to listen to other ideas that could be a challenge but we haven't really come across that yet so maybe not (laughs) maybe the process just works really well (laughs) and it all depends on people skills as well you need that one person who can like just be able to communicate with everyone and just calm things down when things get heated and then like poke things up when things aren't things seem gloomy rich is very good at kind of running a process like that quite good at thinking on his feet as well and sort of helping people to get the process right if that makes it or like to keep things moving along i suppose um which is important which i'm i think i'm not very good at because i'm a little bit too much of a soft touch almost i'll sort of like let people go where they want to go where actually like if you're doing something that you need to get things done in a very kind of it's not not a really really strict time period for everything but like you have to be a little bit strict with times and it's just being able to control that exactly yeah sounds like you've got quite a good balance in your team we've um we definitely cover uh quite a a broad range of skills and sort of traits between us I think. So how did you get into all this? What made you start wanting to be like a professional web designer and illustrator? Well um, I feel like I've I was quite fortunate in a way that when I was younger well apart from the fact my parents definitely um, encouraged kind of creativity but also just following what I was interested in and same for my brother so we we were kind of given that freedom I suppose and an encouragement to sort of pursue things and we used to do lots of like drawing and craft arts and crafts sort of things when we were younger I then um mm. when I was at school I had I think it was when I was about 13 I had a graphic design lesson and it was like they just introduced it at the school and mm. I just like I re- just remember having that first lesson and like I think by the end of we had a, our first project was like making a children's book 
and we had to like design the children's book and I think we put it all together on a mixture of like Photoshop and like coral drawer or something and I just loved it and I just like wanted to keep doing it mm-hmm. I think before that I was really like I really want to be a fashion designer but I kind of just always I think I always kind of wanted to do something design related or creative related yeah. um so I then all through school and then college and university I started to pick the kind of creative subjects so I did graphic design and art at college and then I did graphic design at uni I also did English and psychology at <laughs> college as well but um <laughs> I think actually I was I was really interested for a while in kind of like marketing psychology and just like the psychology of advertising and things like that which is what I thought maybe I'd gain from doing psychology, but I didn't really. Yeah, it's the same when I was at uni and I was studying uh, games development. Mm. One of the core topics was user interface design, mm. and that that's a lot of psychology. And I really that's how I got into like the whole psychological side, yeah. of, uh, marketing and everything. Yeah, to do with that. Well, that's do you know that's the side of things that I really. I'm really interested in now so I suppose it probably did kind of help because I think it all of those little psychology studies that you learn and like a lot of a lot of them are quite well known that people you didn't wouldn't have to study psychology to necessarily know about them, but yeah. they sort of stick in your mind and it's just like another little thing that you've kind of got when you're designing something that you think oh yeah I'll I don't know I'll use that principle or like oh that that works with with that kind of thing that I know about humans. And a lot of it is quite um, simple. Yeah. Like, it's a kind of obvious a lot of it. Like, you just don't really think about it. <laughs> but if you do think about it, it's sort of like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, uh, the best example I can think of is uh, Steve Jobs uh, making icons for the Macintosh. Yeah. How, how do you delete stuff? Throw it in the bin. Mm. What does a what does a, a a file look like? It looks like a folder yeah. with paper in it. Yeah, yeah. All of that stuff is very. Like, I kind of almost feel like I'm in constant pursuit of like designing the next like widely used icon. <laughs> but unfortunately, a lot of them are kind of already. No, there's there's always something new that can be made. You just need to find the right problem for it to be solved. Yeah, true. Well, I guess it's like the bur- like burger menus and um, things like that on mobile and yeah. like those haven't been around really for, well, they they have been around for a long time, but they've not really been popular for, I wouldn't say for a lot, or like very yeah. widely used public view for a long time. And icons evolve. Yes. Well, and also technology evolves. So yes. we will, you know, who knows what we'll be viewing things on or like, might have holograms soon to think about interfaces for, or who knows. There's actually something that uh, I was trying to make this year, which was a hologram with a animator friend. Really? Have you ever seen those little holograms that you can uh, make with a, just a normal like iPhone or a normal phone? No. It's it's a very simple process. It's basically if you get some acetate paper and cut it into a cone. Mm. Or a like a pyramid shape. Uh, well, a pyramid shape with a, with the top cut off, and then you flip it over and mm. put it on into the center of a phone. If you make a video with like a mod, a three D model that's showing from all sides 
on like uh, four sides of the phone. Mm. It'll reflect into the acetate and then it'll form into one model in the middle. Ooh. So, so it gives you that illusion of a hologram. That's interesting. Me and a friend were thinking of like making a, a large scale of that. Mm. Still not sure if it will work or not. So mm. this is just a brief idea of, in theory, it should work. We're not sure, quite sure how well it will work. Mm. We've actually, um, we went and visited the, what is it, what do they call it? The showcase at BT Adastral Park. I don't know if you've been. Oh, uh, yes. I've, I've, I've seen it as well. Yeah, did you see oh. the woman as well, the hologram woman? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's oh god, that was freaky. <laughs> it's just like she followed you. She her eyes follow you around the room, but also that they had when we went, they had fans that have I don't know whether they this doesn't really class as a hologram, but I thought it was quite cool that uh, where they have like a row of really small LEDs on. Oh yes, I've yes I've seen those. Yeah, that that was really cool. I don't really know. No, I think it's like three blades, isn't it? Three really thin blades with like yeah. a row of loads of LEDs. And then when they're on, it just makes like one continuous shape and the LEDs kind of make a almost like yeah. a floating screen. Yeah. Quite cool. And and an in, really interesting use of technology, I thought. Like I just would you just wouldn't think of that necessarily as being mm. the way that you create like that type of effect that works really well. Before all this lockdown happened, I had a event up called, uh, called the Curiosity Collective, mm. which was to try and link all the creative people with the technology people, and it was just a way of like having fun with technology. Yeah, because the Curiosity Collective was this group of technology-minded uh, people who wanted to just have some fun and for 10 years they put on like shows of crazy inventions they've made one of them was a kettle that would not boil if you look at it say say that again so it's a kettle that would not boil if you looked at it oh okay so like pot doesn't boil kind of thing yeah so they've made something like that and the, the way they did it was uh facial recognition right this was in a time when facial recognition wasn't fully developed yet. Oh, okay. So these tech guys were making facial recognition, like a, maybe a crude version of it but, yeah. it. but they had cameras set up to like watch your face and if you looked at the kettle, then it would just stop. It wasn't It wasn't actually boiling water, it was just putting out steam. Right. To give the, and having yeah. sounds that made it sound like it was boiling. Yeah. And it would just cut cut off the steam if uh, if you look. Oh, that's cool. That's the type of thing that I wanted to start up again, which is yeah. uh, a group just to have fun with technology, with creative people, and just like think up ideas. Because mm. when you have like fun, crazy ideas that aren't specific to an agenda, yeah, or trying to solve a problem, you'll innovate stuff like facial recognition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really true. And I think that that the whole sort of like being playful and having fun and just like being funny, I think is for me, I think like a really important part of creativity. And like you say, then if that leads to innovations as well, because people's minds are kind of a bit more free to like explore things, yeah. then that's a, the perfect excuse to do it. Exactly. It, is that kind of on hold now until... Yeah, it's on hold until... 
it's it's on hold until all the lockdown finishes and then because it really works well when you can actually see these inventions in the same room and you have people talking about these inventions yeah talking about what they made in Mm. the 10 years that they were running yeah that that is a challenge isn't it at the moment of like even though there's loads of stuff like zoom and things to communicate over and like we're obviously Mm. able to do this podcast remotely it's still quite challenging I think to communicate like having like a big group of people on zoom and stuff I've found quite difficult and sometimes quite draining um because you can't it's just like the little things you miss out on like um I don't know almost like the fact that you can tell someone's looking at you in person but you can't tell if someone's looking at you on zoom because everyone's looking at their camera at the screen um and sometimes like you just you think that people can tell you're looking at them like there's been times I've smiled at someone on the camera and I thought they they literally have no idea that I'm smiling at them (laughs) um and that's difficult so yeah like I think for things like um like that it would it is quite difficult you kind of just have to wait until you can get back in person I suppose and it's really easy to just start talking over people while on zoom as well yeah and then you can't really hear people properly as well um because it sort of like changes the volume doesn't it yeah Um, and and you can't really like split off into like your own little groups to talk as well no which which we me and my friends on the weekend we had we tried to do like a house party um yes and it not not as in like the app house party but just like a fake house party on zoom um we were just all like had a couple of drinks and played some sort of games and um, just generally socialising. And it was just really difficult because we kind of had to have one person who was in charge of the party because you can't, like you say, you can't easily just sort of break up. Like normally at a party, you'd sort of like talk to the person next to you for a bit. Maybe you'd wander over somewhere else or then maybe the whole group would be playing a game or something like that. But it's just like it had to be really sort of, Structured fun. Someone had to be in charge of it. Were you the person who was uh, structuring the fun? <laughs> I I wasn't actually no um, because I although I although I can kind of like um, come up with the ideas of how to structure the fun. I'm not very good at enforcing the structure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, common theme. Common theme. Common. <laughs> how do you think? this uh pandemic will evolve the way everyone will do things like like how are you guys working uh at the moment like yeah we're totally remote at the moment which isn't particularly something that we found difficult because we tend to work probably 50 percent or maybe a little bit more than 50 percent remotely usually anyway um Mm. so we have we we usually we were having two days a week where we work together or we you know we're out at meetings or networking or things like that and then you know two or three where we're at home kind of cracking on with stuff or doing stuff over normally we do everything over kind of messages but now what we're we're doing a lot more video calls Mm. um because i think well i think what we became used to pretty early on not what we became used to, but what we realised that because um, none of us had been remote workers before starting the business. So we kind of went through all of the pain barriers of 
going a little bit stir crazy and like cabin fever and stuff like that, where mm. we didn't always feel like we were socializing enough or like seeing people enough or talk. Like I found myself, I do, I do quite a lot of things kind of outside work and like meet up with people, but I was finding the fact that I wasn't around people all day in an office where you can just kind of, I don't know, where you just have little conversations. And um, I kind of liked it a lot at first. And then I was a bit like, I just kept getting these urges to phone people all the time. (laughs) So You know what, me too. Yeah. Literally, like, it sounds really bad, but I I got a bit bored of, like, just talking to the same few people in the house. So just like... (laughs) I needed to just call someone to call a friend outside and just yeah. see what's what's lo- what's life outside this house. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that's something we've become became used to pre lockdown. But like, it's now now that it's like we're constant remote working. It's sort of even more sharp focus almost. Like, mm. but I feel for us we're kind of fortunate in, in that we kind of know that we need to like make the time to speak to people and things like that but yeah I think I think maybe the way that I don't know we'll maybe do more video calls on our remote working days and we'll maybe we maybe got a little bit more used to different ways of communicating that we probably wouldn't have bothered with previously because we we did used to meet up two days a week and eventually we I'm sure we will again but yeah and I think personally I'll probably use technology a bit a bit more to speak to people and like the games and things like we were saying yeah. earlier probably do a, more, a bit more fun stuff from the comfort of my home which is nice do you struggle to like get motivated or do you struggle to switch off um i think for me i have i have times where i have i can go either way i think when there's when we've got if we've got a lot of if we're in the middle of a really big project or if we've got a lot of work going on, I definitely find it hard to switch off and I will just kind of be constantly working and just wanting to kind of get things done, um, which isn't always the most productive necessarily. Um, Cause I think sometimes you work, you, you need those breaks and things don't you to, and you need to sort of have time away from things to actually think about it properly and to actually like, you need a bit of a break to be able for your mind to be able to work quickly enough sometimes. But then other times, yeah. if it's when it's kind of more, I think, I don't know, times when we're, we're trying to spend a bit more time thinking about like promoting the business or like, I don't know, whenever it's kind of like more inward looking stuff, I, I do myself gets procrastinating a little bit more yeah Um, I I think I'm the same like every time I've been given a task or something that I need to do for someone else Mm. I'll be immediately on it but when when I have to go and like redesign my website or add stuff to my website I just like I want to (laughs) no and it could be I think because it's so it is like personal and like you want to get it right almost uh, maybe that's what it is because you sort of you you don't want to almost hold off doing anything until you've got exactly the right solution and, and sometimes you just sometimes you just need to do stuff um, yeah like come up with the best solution like and stop thinking and just do it exactly stop thinking and just do it is 
definitely the right approach, I think, a lot of the time. But then sometimes it is good to, like, I think one thing as well, I've been, obviously we were allowed to kind of go out to exercise once a day. Um, Mm. So I've kind of, like, normally I'd be going out and um, going to, like, events or meeting friends and then I'd like be going to the gym or swimming and things like that but I obviously can't do any of those things so now I've I have been making sure I use that time to just go for like a little bit of a walk outside and I actually think that's something I'll probably try and do a little bit more of um even when this is over because I've found that just having a walk when my mind I don't know when I when I kind of feel like oh I don't know what to do now what what's the best thing I could be doing with my time right now if I go for a walk I usually think of something and then I'm much more productive after it mm. so that's probably something I'll keep doing I do you find you have more like daydreams and like contemplation time when you're just out and not trying to focus too much inside your house yeah I think so I think um I think it also sometimes takes a bit of practice to for me anyway to stop thinking about any given thing um like <laughs> have to and I think going out you there's more stuff like you can I don't know it sounds sort of very like I'm very zen but like uh like just going out and I don't know just noticing things outside like noticing different different types of leaves and different types Mm. of like insects and birds and things that are flying around like it's a lot easier to find something to take your mind off it than yeah you're inside the house where everything's kind of a bit more static and and things you're used to seeing um so I think maybe that's why it's good to be outside and like mm. even if it is just like you out in the garden there's yeah. different sounds and there's different things moving around I think the distraction of those things can then lead your mind to wander onto other completely yeah. different things but I think you almost need that distraction first sometimes to be able to wonder that's very interesting very profound by me <laughs> uh, I, I think that I, I'm definitely going to try that if, mm. I'm, if I'm stuck in my own head yeah I think yeah I mean for me it works and I think I, that's for me has come from being um you know like having like um issues with anxiety and things in the past they quite often like grounding techniques I um never really found that it worked that well for me from a anxiety point of view but actually from like just a overthinking yeah exactly just like free like clearing your mind I think it is it's quite good for I think there was what is it something like find five things you can see four things you can hear three things you can smell no I've missed one something like that anyway finding different like focusing different senses basically I think it's one thing you can taste because there's not like not that many things <laughs> you probably shouldn't yeah, be able yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't taste anything outside right now <laughs> not unless it's all been cleaned and sanitized yeah exactly don't don't start licking things at the moment <laughs> oh yeah people have always told me to like just go take a walk if you yeah stuck in your head but i've never really seen it the way that you've just described it mm. it's yeah it's just... well, i mean people have always said that to me as well and like i've kind of read it a few times and i've thought yeah i think that's a really good idea and then i've never done it and really mm. until now <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah i agree with it now 
and I okay. yeah I would say I, give it a go that helps you clear your head so do you get times when there's just so much that you need to do that you just get overwhelmed yeah definitely we had we had a period um I think it was last like late last year where we just had so much stuff going on and I will not allow any project to ever go and and we're all the same like not all of us want to put work out that is the best it possibly can be and we want to make sure that we're adding value and we kind of over service quite a lot more than we probably should but yeah we had we had a lot going on at that time and I I found it impossible to switch my mind off yeah I was literally dreaming about like every night I would like wake up in the middle of the night thinking about page layouts (laughs) I'd be like designing stuff in my head in my sleep like and I'd wake up and I'd think why can't I remember what I just dreamed because I feel like that was the perfect layout (laughs) but I think that isn't a good place to be in because it's just it becomes a bit too much how did you get through that then um to be honest I think I just powered through and just got to the end of it and then we I don't know whether it was necessarily like well, what, one thing we definitely learned at that time is that we also can't um, take our eye off the ball in terms of trying to uh, keep promoting the business and actually promote, yeah, promoting the business and kind of like looking for new business because once that crazy period yeah. ended, we then had a really quiet, quiet period, which was great at first because it was like, okay, we can just like take a little bit of a break and like, you know, we didn't stop stop working but we yeah. definitely had a few few days of kind of just like right let's let's just make the most of this um of this time that we've got now and yeah then we were like ah oh, actually we've got nothing in the pipeline now so we really need to work really hard to um get stuff yeah, in it, it so, never ends as a work workers freelancers is it it's no, like, exactly. if you're working for a job or you're looking for a job and it's just like exactly it's hard um mm. it's hard to balance that and i think probably it i don't know if it's necessarily a problem you can solve <laughs> because it's <laughs> probably always going to be a little bit up and down i imagine um yeah with seasons uh, as well as just generally like at your own time that you have to be able to be looking for work or meeting people yeah. and things like that but yeah Do you- do you spend enough time just to like focus on yourself? Um, I kind of do in that I I try and stick to roughly, I try and roughly stick to office working hours, if that makes sense. So yeah. I tend to maybe do like, like work like 8am till 6pm kind of thing, which isn't, mm. you know, which is like a maybe slightly longer day than yeah. five, but like, I try and work within those hours as much as I can. And mm. sometimes I'll start a little bit later than that. I don't always, I'm not always at my desk at 8 a.m. because that would be mm. crazy. Um, but I, yeah, and then sometimes I work in the evenings. But generally, if I can kind of like do most of the work in that time, and then, you know, it's important as well to kind of keep up with like what's going on in in the industry and things so maybe I'll do a bit of reading in the evening but generally I like try and keep my evenings to be able to decompress a little bit and um 
yeah, like see see friends. And uh, I I was trying to actually, that's probably the biggest thing actually. I was trying to make sure I had like one thing scheduled every week where I was like seeing friends or I was doing something sociable. I got really into bouldering for a while. Um, oh, which was that uh, avid? Uh, yeah, I've been to Avid, and there's also a place in Colchester that I go to called Colchester Climbing Project. Um, oh. And annoyingly, I uh, for Christmas I got um, like a chalk bag and some bouldering shoes because I was like, right, I've been going yeah. enough now. I think that this is actually a hobby. And then I hurt my shoulder, and then we went into lockdown, so <laughs> oh. I've been able to actually use my oh. equipment. <laughs> but yeah, things like that, I think. Um, I try and schedule those kind of things in because then that forces me away from stuff. And it also, you know, if you're like enjoying time with your friends or if you're focusing yeah. on like trying not to fall off a wall, you can't really overthink things too much. No, I agree. Like, I think it's just nice to break up that day. Yeah. Just, have, just to have, like, I I have like a group of internet friends that I talk to every day. Mm and like it's just nice to like end the day with just like a, a mindless conversation just yeah like talking with friends about anything and everything yeah one thing I definitely feel like I have to do which was the mistake I made when we were busy a lot of the time is that I need to have like probably I'd say at least an hour before I go to bed I need to not be I need to find a way of taking my mind off of work things or like I mean there's been times where I've been drawing on my iPad until like about five minutes before I go to bed and then I've just slept really badly because of it because my mind I think is just still really on so yeah I think yeah I try and switch off a little bit more than an hour before I go to bed but what do you do to unwind I uh, normally I just wa- watch something on Netflix or I mean I do I do use drawing to unwind as well yeah but um yeah, usually just watch something mindless. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to do drawing to unwind. Well, actually, no, drawing does unwind me, but I can't, I need more time than an hour. Yeah. Because I when I get lost in it, I just like, I lose all sense of time and reality. Yeah, that is the problem, isn't it? Like, I think that's why when I, why it's not a good idea for me to do it, like just before bed because I just will keep going otherwise and I won't sleep. <laughs> like there's, I'm quite good with, because I do, I am pretty terrible when I don't get enough sleep, as Rich and Cassie will probably <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm always going on about how tired I am. But um, I, yeah, so I'm pretty bad. So I'm normally I'm pretty good at sort of, you know, like not staying up too late, getting myself enough sleep. But there yeah. are I think that's how you know that you are really interested in something or you really love something. Though. If it like, if you want to keep going um, and it keeps you awake, like you're probably, you're probably enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And especially when you lose that sense of time and reality into something. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that, I definitely find that with drawing. You definitely need to do more of it then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I am. Um, I'm getting way more into it now. I'm definitely, I'm finding more time for it, um, which is awesome. You should come to sketch more. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm terrible at um, like organising my, I'm, I'm terrible at organising, like going to creative things. I don't know, like 
why <laughs> because exactly. I sort of always think oh this because also I went to um a life drawing class as well yeah uh, because my brother got me it for as a Christmas present um and I was like oh I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna try and come to this like maybe not like every time they run it but like yeah I'd like really yeah. want to do more of this and then I just for some reason I'm just um I don't know. I sort of almost feel like a bit of a fraud, I think, with like stuff like that. Like I'm not really a proper artist or like a proper person. That's, but yeah, I don't know. It's a thing where the first few times you're kind of like, I'm not quite sure if I belong here. But then yeah. the more you... And people aren't thinking that. Like the people no. in the group w- would never think like you don't belong here. Yeah. Well, everyone's but... mostly thinking about like either their own, whatever they're working on or... They're quite supportive, I think, generally. Yeah. Obviously, the when we came to um, sketch before, yeah, um, it was it was a nice group. So yeah, there's no reason, yeah. no reason to feel intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> but it, no, it is intimidating because I didn't start sketch myself. It was uh, a friend right. of mine who started it, and I remember the first time I went there because yeah. it was something that was advertised on the Meetup app. Yeah. And it was a completely spur of the moment thing. Like I, I downloaded the meetup app. I saw a sketch on one of the meetups, and it was happening literally two hours from when I downloaded it to when a sketch was going to happen. Mm. And I was going, oh, I'm going out to get some food anyway. I'll just, like, yeah. pop in and see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember, like, the first time I went into Cult Cafe to see where her sketch was happening, I, I was holding my, like, A3 sketchbook, which I haven't touched in, like, a year, <laughs> <laughs> with some pencils. And I remember walking through the door and going, I have no idea where I'm going and who I'm looking for. Yeah. And it's just like looking around, it's like I've made the biggest mistake ever. And then yeah. I and then as I was just like doing like a mini circle around the place, I found that there were a few people who were uh drawing and it's like, is this the sketch thing? And then and the person who was running it was like, yeah, yeah, feel free to sit down. It's like, okay. And <laughs> after the first five minutes, I realised, like, it, yeah, this was a cool place to do it. Yeah. And to be fair, I think with when you're when you're meeting up to do something like um, drawing or any kind of art, mm. it's slightly it makes it slightly easier because you have something to focus on and you don't have to sort of worry about like, like when, if you go networking, there's always, yeah. the thing, like it's a bit, you know, meeting, well, how to introduce yourself to people and like, yeah. like approach. you're trying to leave a good impression. Yeah, exactly. And you're kind of just thinking all the time about like, okay, how, um, yeah. How, how do I need to come across what, like, mm you start thinking of like really overthinking everything about like how you interact with people. But if you've got something that like, you don't necessarily even need to be making eye contact with people when you're drawing because you're focusing on, it's very yeah. normal to be looking at what you're actually working on. So it does, it's a quite a nice way of meeting people, I think. 
Oh, um, you can always talk about the drawing and not about yourself. That's also true, yeah. yeah that is true. I do find it difficult to talk about myself. Um, uh, yeah. How do you deal with like networking then? I feel like um, I'd never really done much networking before we started Cheddar. Um, and even when we first started it, we didn't really do a great deal of like going to events and things. Um, it's only really been in the last, well, definitely in the last six months, but maybe a little bit before that as well. But like, yeah, I I used to get so nervous about going into networking events. Um, and I feel, I don't really feel nervous about it ever anymore, which is good. So I've obviously, you know, got better at it. But yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm like a super networker or anything either. I, I kind of. My, my first impression of when I met you was that you seemed really cool. Oh, thanks. But, you've seen, but you also seem very timid as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm kind of like, I'm the kind of person who I'm, I I sort of like to sit back and like suss out the situation and suss people out. Mm. And then once I kind of get to know whatever situation or person better, I then become a bit, like, I suppose a bit more gobby, but... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm quite sort of a lot. Well, yeah, you you do come out of your shell. When, like once I've, like once we started talking for a bit, then I got a better grasp of who you were and your personality. Yeah. Then that, like you you really did come out of your shell. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that that describes me pretty well. I think that describes a lot of like creatives. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, it's funny isn't it like that a lot of well I suppose that there are creative people who are very kind of like extroverted um, and... very bold and brash and yeah, yeah extrovert but it does seem to be quite a, a trait of creative people to mm. be quite yeah quite reserved and I did get a sense that you and Cass were like hiding behind Rich a lot of times yeah yeah we do we do a little bit Rich is just great at talking. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> That's where the balance yeah. is coming from. Yeah, exactly. We um, no, we're. Uh, I think we're we're kind of getting used to it a bit more as well. Like just sort of like sussing out, network it. Like I'm just much more comfortable. Yeah. Doing a creative thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, I I also love meeting people and I love talking to people. Mm. But it's. I think it's when it's that sort of formal environment, it's just a bit uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've been to a few where it's just like, it's very structured and very rigid and you're not quite sure who you're meant to be talking to. And, yeah. And yeah, when it's a very broad networking meeting and like not everyone's interested in what you necessarily are doing, you kind of have that, uh, in your head where oh maybe what I'm doing isn't that interesting to you and once that happens then you're like oh maybe nobody in this place will be interested in what I'm going to be talking about oh that's like my, my um constant feeling of like well I don't want to talk about myself because no one will be interested in that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and my trick is just mainly like talk less about myself and more about what other people are doing well I think that's probably like Asking questions, I think, is the easiest way of getting through networking and life, <laughs> probably. 
as well. One of the things that stuck with me from high school was uh, the old chat show Parkinson. The reason why it was such a he was such a great chat show host was the fact that he spent less time talking and more time just asking a question to get pull out as long an answer as possible. Mm. And yeah. that's kind of what I've learned to do over the years, which is just like speak less, listen more. Yeah. It's a good skill to have, I think. And mm. um, yeah, asking the right questions. Like interviewing people must well, I've never done it. But <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a yeah. difficult skill to master to do it well. Yeah. Like when I do this podcast I try try to ask very vague questions to try and draw out as many different things that the person yes. wants to say and that that's the same as doing it in a networking environment it's just like yeah that's true thinking of like ways to structure a question that doesn't sound like it's a yes no answer it's a so please elaborate on <laughs> anyway uh, i think we should start wrapping this up so what's the thing that you want to do most after all this lockdown and pandemic thing is over? Like if it goes back to complete normality, what's the thing that you want to do first? Oh, um, I think, ah, uh, that's tough. Um, I think, well, one thing that, and I didn't think this would be the case, but having a, having like a zoom um like trying to do like a house party over zoom has just made me really want to ha- go and have a pie <laughs> <laughs> i really want to go and just like have a party have a few drinks are you gonna, just, are you gonna host the house you know, party oh maybe maybe i will maybe i will <laughs> maybe i'll try and find someone else to host it so i can uh, relax oh <laughs> uh. It's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast and yeah, I hope hope you've enjoyed it. Yes, I have enjoyed it. It's been really good. Thank you. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. Bye. (laughs)